Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson, and this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door. No BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So, um, Tua Tagovailoa over at the Miami Dolphins, he's got zero excuses now. He's got Tariq Hill. He's got an upgraded offensive line, got new running backs, got a defense. If he doesn't succeed this year, you can might as well just write him off. Not that he shouldn't be given a a longer leash, but this is the way the league works. Tariq Hill took the money and ran. Was this a good decision? And Aaron Rodgers lost uh, Valdez Scantling, uh, Devontae Adams. Maybe his issues that he said he had with the franchise weren't really real all along. And March Madness is here. And uh, who are you picking now that all of your teams have actually lost? And uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington. This has turned ugly, and uh, Covington is 
trying to be boycotted by Khabib and other fighters? And do you wear Crocs? So we will start, though, with uh, the new trade in the NFL. Tariq Hill got traded to the Miami Dolphins. And I looked at this when I looked at the Miami Dolphins have done in the offseason, picking up um, Armstead on the offensive line, getting uh, Chase Edmonds in the backfield. Uh, Dude, Raheem Mostert. They have upgraded the defense. This is a good football team, and if he doesn't win with this crew, he might as well cancel his future options as an NFL starter because nobody is going to think that he can play. And mind you, he can't even be average with this team. Like, he's got to be a stellar performer if he wants to keep his job in Miami and his standing in the NFL as a quarterback. I agree. This is this is such a big year for former Alabama quarterbacks in the pros, whether it's whether it's Mac Jones or Jalen Hurts. Uh, but definitely Tua is at the forefront of all this because you have the weird Tom Brady rumors that just came out of nowhere. Yeah, that I don't Tom think Brady to Miami. To. I don't think so either. But but, but he did face down a whole year of Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Right. And then there was people upset that that he ever got a chance to start over Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's playing some of the best football because of his it career. Because it did make sense. Right. Right. And so Tua was kind of left with no excuse. The offensive line wasn't great last year, but now they're deep. They they released their right tackle. They're going to move Austin Jackson over to the right side. Um, Taron Armstead is, was probably the best available offensive lineman yes. of everybody. He was probably and the best so, available free agent. Yeah, uh, they they have who people believe to be an offensive genius coming in at, at head coach. And then the additions of Raheem Mostert and, Ch- and Chase Edmonds give you dynamic running backs. They might not have the workhorse, but what they do have um, are multifaceted uh, all-purpose backs now who are fast, right? They're doing each the other. same thing they were doing in San Francisco. Running, yeah. running back by by committee. They may even keep Miles Gaskins too. They may keep, uh, you know, uh, Selvin Ahmad. Like who knows who they'll keep? They might keep all four of them. But and then they the added way- the quickest, most agile receiver in all of football. Maybe, maybe not the best, but lo- belongs in every top five conversation yeah. of every metric. Um, who has a Super Bowl ring and and, and it's just. I don't know, man. I Dude. if if he can't get it done, I don't know what they're going to do because they okay, gave so up two picks. Th- yeah, they gave up five picks for Tariq Hill. Five. That's more than double what uh, Devontae Adams went for. And all of this is surrounding the Devontae Adams trade and contract, which then impacted the market for Tua. I'm sorry, for Tariq, because he was getting ready to sign with the Chiefs. And then all of a sudden, that new contract came out the blue, and he was like... <laughs> Ooh, see what had happened. I know we had a deal, but mm, I need more coins. Are you surprised the Chiefs moved on from him as quickly as they did? No, because this was in the works for over a week. And once he understood and see, I don't blame the Chiefs because you have to be very responsible. Like, did they have enough money to pay him? Yeah. But you do have to say, okay, at a point, You're not that we love you, but we don't want to pay you that much money because it is going to hamper everything that we're doing because the Chiefs have been trying to, you know, have a fantastic offense and then piecemeal their defense together like they've been just which 
which you might be able to do with four draft picks between 29 and 62. So that's the point, is that now that they're going to get a chance to get some good players, potentially, if they draft well, under rookie contracts. So On a receiver deep draft. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have a lot of opportunity there, which which it, it may not pay off this year, but the year after, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to be in fabulous shape after that if you draft well. So Can I – can I tell you something about this Miami situation that made me laugh a little bit? And I, I don't know how you feel about it, but Taron Armstead showed up to his introductory press conference in a Dan Marino jersey. Are and everybody's serious? like, oh, that's cool, man. Way to respect the franchise. Like, everybody was all about it. And I'm like, no, no, this is the problem with Miami is that there hasn't been anything worth wearing a throwback jersey for since Marino. Bro, that's I funny. I would have felt more confident with Taron Armstead coming in with a Tua Alabama jersey on or something like that. What do you I mean? No, dude, he's like, I want to make sure that everybody knows that the glory days are coming back. So, but 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 on the Tariq thing, right? He, uh, they were trying, the Kansas City Chiefs were trying to make him one of the highest paid wide receivers. Not the highest paid, because that's Devontae Adams at over $28 million average per year. And no team is ever just a wide receiver away from a championship. No team. Just because they don't impact the game in the same way, even though that they are dynamic make plays and all of that. So I said that it was a bad move for him and his legacy because you trade in one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Patrick Mahomes for Tua. Even if Tua turns out to be all right. You still have downgraded at quarterback and two or through in 13 games through for 2,600 yards last year. So if you and he averaged 204 yards a game. So if you add another 800 yards a game for four more games, that only puts him at 3,400 yards last year. 3,400 yards is not going to get him and Jaden Waddle 100 catches a piece and over a thousand yards, which is going which they're going to want to make them happen. So that ain't happening. And he only threw 20, what, 22 touchdowns or something like, like that. And Tariq Hill had nine last year. So, and and then when you divide that between backs and tight ends, there ain't a thousand yards for two dudes. Now, t- for that to happen, Tua would have to go up over a thousand yards, including the 800. <laughs> that, so he's got to go up 1,800 total yards. From last year, throwing the ball, and I don't know if that's if he's capable of that. We will see. He's got a shot. But I thought that Tariq Hill, in terms of getting the bag, because I never begrudge a dude for getting getting his money, that he made the right move for the money, But and maybe he wanted to live in Miami instead of living in cold Kansas City. So do you think he made the right move? I don't know, because I, I always think about the fact that, like, for some reason, Miami is where receivers go. I won't say to die because you do see a lot of receivers have a resurgence after they leave Miami. But like, I remember back to back 1000 yard seasons from Brian Hartline. And then all of a sudden he falls off at the age of 28. I remember thinking Jarvis Landry is going to be an all time great Miami Dolphin. And what happened there? I remember when they threw big money at Mike Wallace. Yeah. And he, and and he, and then he was outplayed by Brian Hartline and Jarvis Landry. Hey, but, but he got that bag, 
But the only problem is, is that if you don't have a really good quarterback, then your contract to the team and to everybody else looks bad. And then yeah. that may damage you getting uh, some of those back end years as well. But listen, the Miami Dolphins have have everything. The only thing that they need to do right now is trade for Tom Brady. But I don't think that that's going to happen because obviously Tom Brady, uh, they just traded you know, five draft picks for, for Hill. So what would Tampa, like Tampa would have to take, you know, part of the franchise or, or their unborn kids to, to, to uh, rent, to rent a quarterback for yes, a year. Ex- exactly. Um, Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Uh, Ralph brought up a great point about Aaron Rodgers, though. He said, wait, hold up, George. How the hell does this make sense? Aaron Rodgers is a guy who said last year, oh, he wasn't happy with the way the franchise was run. They weren't taking his input. And he wanted to come back with with his guys, run it back. Well, Marquez Valdez, Scantling is gone. Yeah, uh, he signed in Kansas City, right? And then you have yes. uh, Devontae Adams clearly gone. So he's got nobody to throw through. He's got old-ass Mercedes Lewis, and that's it. I think the leading uh, receiver, and I, I don't know if he's under contract or Saint not. St. Brown, probably. Bringing back Alan Lazard, oh, 40 dang. catches for 500 yards and eight touchdowns last year. Okay. And then... Aaron Jones caught 52 balls out of the backfield. But like, are we thinking Randall Cobb's gonna gonna go back to his no. old form? No, dude. No. Absolutely not. I don't I don't know what they're doing. Like, why wasn't he just complaining about the fact that they don't that they don't keep the guys around that help make him successful? Maybe he was just full of shit. <laughs> well, uh, Devontae Adams is arguably one of like one of the top two receivers in football. 123 catches last year, and and obviously they weren't going to pay Valdez Scantling what he got, but that's somebody who got 17 yards of catch last year. He led the team. So this is this feels to me scandalous. Like you want to talk about him not having anybody around him? It's actually true now. Yep. For the first time, it's it's true. And so, what what are they going to do? Are they going to spin picks? Are they? How are they going to fix this? Dude, I don't. They just have to draft wideouts. I mean, draft skill skill positions. That's the only option that they have at this point in point in time because that's the only way that you're going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers happy on on any level. It seems like is you're going to have to to do something different. I tell you what, though, if he gets a third MVP in a row next year with this roster of pass catchers that I just like keep thinking about how unhappy Kyler Murray is with his like receiver situation. And he's got Deandre Hopkins. Like yeah. how, what do you think? What do you think the perpetual disgruntled Aaron Rodgers is thinking when he looks at this receiver room uh, or Ro- Robert Tanyan coming I back need, from a torn ACL? I need my check. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> but the thing is, if he wins a third MVP though, that's going to, and doesn't win a Super Bowl. That's actually gonna, I think, hurt him, hurt him more, 
in his legacy. They'd be like, oh, yeah, all these personal accolades. Yeah, that's nice. Can't, yeah, can't that's, close the deal. Can't win he's, the big one. He's bordering on Steve Nash territory. Yes. Yeah, well, except for he does have one, though. And one is better than none. Um, right. The NCAA is going on. We're going to get the last half of the Sweet 16 today. Now, so far, we have Gonzaga, who lost to Arkansas in a game that the referees were absolutely awful. But Gonzaga shot like they had blinders over their eyes, too, so that didn't help. Um, Duke won. They beat Texas Tech. Villanova beat up Michigan. And Arizona just got absolutely held underwater and put in a headlock by by the Houston defense. Now, um, now with Baylor number one seed out, Gonzaga out, Arizona out, and Kansas maybe being out tonight, who are you picking from this cast of characters that's that's left? Well, from the West and the South specifically, you got Arkansas and Duke. I got Duke coming out of there, and Villanova and Houston. I got Houston coming out of there. Well, I only have really one team left uh, that that I you know picked to be in in the finals, and that's UCLA. So I'm going to ride hard for my champion for sure. Uh, but it would be it, what's funny is I I I, I care. I want to be right, and I want the Pac-12 to benefit, but. It also would be kind of cool to see UNC turn what a lot of people thought was a throwaway year into something special. So whatever happens in that UNC UCLA game, I'm not I'm not necessarily going to sweat um, back the, to pack. If, I'm with UCLA yeah, out of way. If Iowa State keeps winning, people are going to pull their hair out. Like literally no one will watch the championship. With no, Iowa State dude, they won. They've scored one hundred and thirteen points in two games. And so like part of me is like, okay, team chaos, but I wouldn't, I still wouldn't enjoy watching it. So I got to throw for, first of all, if anybody is saying they're not rooting for St. Peter's, they're lying. But I, I got to throw oh God. all I'm my weight behind. They beat, they beat Purdue. Yeah. And I, I think pretty much everybody outside of one town in Wisconsin agrees with you, but I am I, after last night, I'm all in on Houston. They held Arizona to like 32% shooting. They are fun to watch, dude. They play hard. They play mm-hmm. defense. Um, you know, Ke- uh, Kevin Sampson, uh, he's a good dude. I remember a couple of years ago when he was talking about the inequities in the NCAA, how, you know, the networks and the uh, that they're generating over $2 billion and they're paying it to the NCAA to distribute to the teams. But then he's had parents calling him talking about, I just want to, I'll sleep in my kid's room on the floor. Like I just want to be able to go to the tournament. And when you think about how much money they're making for everybody else, and then their parents couldn't even go to the tournament. That's why NIL is what it is and is a great thing. I agree with you. And I, they, they're, they got great guard play, which you need um, in the, in the tournament. I think between, uh, between Edwards and Sheed, like they, they had 40 points just out of the two of them last night. They, they moved the ball. Well, like you said, that suffocating defense was crazy. Um, Benedict Matherin had, you know, the game of his life two games ago. And in this game, he couldn't, he just, he couldn't even get a clean look from two feet away from the hoop. 
and it was, I mean, and and Arizona was a lot of people's favorites. I, I picked them to at least go to the finals. I would say about a third of the people I've talked to had them as their champion. And these aren't just necessarily people who are in Arizona or university. I'm talking about some like ASU people who wanted their bracket to look good. You know, they crossed enemy lines to pick Arizona to win it all. And so I considered them to be the best or second best team in the tournament. And you have to look at Houston and say, how the hell did they get a five seed when two of their losses were to Alabama, um, who had a great season that, on an uncalled goaltend, if we're being honest. And then they had a 20-point comeback against Wisconsin, who also had a pretty good year uh, and and missed a game winner. And if had those two results been different, we're talking about a Houston team that's going into the tournament 31-3. and three. And I have people telling me, but yeah, like none of their wins were that impressive and they got beat by Memphis twice. But it shouldn't just be about like quad one wins. You should take into account how they perform in the games that they lose. And that's something that like Ken Palm and, and some of this other stuff doesn't necessarily always, um, at least if that's what the committee is looking at. I, I just think that if you can give Gonzaga the benefit of the doubt to give them a one seed, like how are we not giving Houston, you know, and I know it's a long ways from five slam a, Jamma days of them winning national titles and stuff, but they're still uh, legit. They're obviously legit. They beat Arizona last night, and so I just the five seed. And I'm not. I'm not coming out here to be one of the people that complains about seeds. That's the nice thing about the tournament is it takes care of itself. But I'm just saying for anybody that says like Arizona was upset, that's not what it looked like. No, that's not what it looked like. No, it looked like they looked like one of the best teams in the tournament, perhaps the best handled their business and they have you'll love this stat george houston has won 10 straight games by double digits including beating getting revenge on memphis um in the conference championship and 16 of their last 17 wins have come come by double digits yeah bro they are not playing around like that team is is a um like like this team plays a style of basketball that makes people want to cry. <laughs> like 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 they they make you want to like you know how how frustrating is it that you that you like lobbied for Houston to join the Pac-12. They are not and now <laughs> they look like they could win a natty. Exactly, bro. Exactly. I I said that this is the team that has the best chance to fast track it's process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to being a big time because they have an owner. They have Tillman Fertitta who will spend the cash. But listen, listen, nobody listens to the smart guy. It's fine. <laughs> um, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now, uh, speaking of uh, two smart, not so smart guys, Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington, who just fought. Colby Covington beat Masvidal up. And they, uh, so the war of the words coming up to the, up to the fight. I mean, it went, like, it went uh, crazy. It it got way too personal. Like, it crossed Conor McGregor ter- territory when when he was talking about uh wait whose who, whose wife was he was he talking about because well, Dustin Dustin Poirier's yes, wife. Dustin Poirier's wife putting up t- Instagram shots and all sorts of other stuff like that's too far, bro. And Kobe Covington was talking about Jorge Masvidal's kids 
and all sorts of stuff. And Jorge found out he was in Miami and rolled up to go whoop his ass. And mind you, nobody ended up hurt in the process. But now Kobe Covington lost a couple of teeth, I guess. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. He did lose a, a tooth or two. <laughs> and then he went um and he went uh and pressed charges against Jorge Maz- Masvidal. Two MMA fighters get in a fight and one guy presses charges. Dude, that is SOF capital T. Yes, you're not supposed to fight outside of it, but once you talked, once you talk too much shit, bro, these are these are life rules. This, this ain't just for this ain't just for sport. If it were just for sport, after the fight, he would have said, because ha- haven't we heard people go too far in pre pre-fight and then after the fight, they're like, yo, man, I'm sorry for all the stuff I said. Like, you know, it was just for promotion. I needed to get myself really, really mad at you and hate you. I love you. I wish your family the best. We've seen that happen. That ain't what Kobe Covington did. He relished in it. So right. and you we, might and have also, to catch this fade outside the octagon too. You and I grew up boxing fans where you have to sell the pay-per-views. And so yeah. you gotta you got you, you gotta say where whatever it takes. And it's not very often that um it's not very often that fighters would come out and just like continue the grudge after the fight is over even 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 if they do there's always that moment of clarity of like oh well you know i respect them and i would love for a rematch with their bitch ass <laughs> like yes you know like it, you you see that moment of clarity of where like of like the fight is over and that's just that's a male thing if we're being honest you get it out of your system and if it's out of your system it's out yeah and you can be friends after that usually right unless but some you of the- take it too far and there, and some of the guys in MMA have been doing that. They're saying we're about that life. Conor McGregor is one of them, to where he just keeps it going nonstop. When he his leg was snapped in half in the octagon, when he was sitting there with his bone protruding out, he said, "Your wife DM'd me. Talk to your wife." To Dustin Poirier, which made it really hard to feel sorry for him. Yes, uh, <laughs> correct. And you were like. You deserve to have your leg leg broken talking right. all that shit, bro. Yeah, and and then and then when it comes to Colby Covington, I, I it's an act. Like, and I think he's proving that it's an act. But it gets really personal because he embraced the whole MAGA persona. Yeah, um, being a being um, a Trump voter, repeating some of like the xenophobic stuff that Trump would get accused of saying or say, um, and then. Uh, this is not this is probably the fourth fight in a row that he's taken things too far. He's very good at what he does. Um, and he's a good fighter. However, my assumption has always been he's doing the Andy Kaufman thing. It's just an act. He's trying to play the heel like he's Kurt Angle or like a professional wrestler. And I think we found out when he filed charges that that's the case. That you can't really take. He ain't really about that life is what what we found yeah. out because if nobody really- should. I'm not. I don't think you are either. Condoning attacking somebody in a restaurant, no matter what. No. But if that person talked about your kids and then pressed charges on you, even though they say anytime, anywhere, let's go. It ain't anytime, anywhere. <laughs> you don't listen. My dad always told me, "Don't let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash." And like Kobe Covington cashed it in in the ring. But there's certain things 
in life that tra- that that go outside of of the sport. Like I've seen dudes in the NFL get in fights over things said on the field, off the field. Because just because you say it, that don't mean it. And we're on the field that that means that it's a okay. Like there is some stuff that crosses the line. And so I am team Masvidal as it relates to this. Because Kobe Covington's a D-bag, dude. So you should get there are certain like if a line is crossed, you should. It should be a freebie. Like you should have every right to defend yourself. But like hockey, it should just be on. Like, I don't think. Yeah, but he shouldn't anyone- be allowed to like, like, like you can't come up and punch him in the back of the head. Like, like you got to catch a fair one, though. Yes, I agree with you. But, but like, I'm just saying there's certain situations like you wouldn't. I don't think anybody with a sound mind and decent heart would have faulted Charlie Villanueva for trying to knock Kevin Garnett's jaw off. Correct. There's just some things you can't say. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like, and and now and now there are some things that you can't do, too. Right. Like like I, like I said, like you should catch fair ones. Right. But yeah. if you sneak attack me. You have now changed the rules of engagement. Like I no longer need to catch you with with a fair one. I can hit you in the side of the side of the back with a bat. I, like like at that point in time, like if you punch, if you sucker punch me, if I'm coming around the corner and you smack me in the face. Now, whenever I come to or whatever happens from from there, you have removed all the rules like I'm not I'm not promising you that when I get my get back that you're going to see me coming. But what you're what you're saying is, even though it is probably the most antagonistic thing you could do by turning around and pressing charges on that person and just letting them kind of dangle and suffer through the legal system, it's still there's still got to be a code. It's, it's still not. You still have to understand that you stepped over the line. Yes. And you got to and you got to reserve the right to turn around and get them back. But then it's the whole eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. I guess just don't talk about people's kids and this whole thing won't get <laughs> get kicked off. But like there's got to be I don't know how Dana White feels about it. I don't know if he's like this is great for the UFC because people are talking about it. Um, you know, because even though it's NCAA tournament, people are only talking about the NFL right now. So it's nice for the UFC to kind of get something in there. But it's just it's got to stop being like the stuff that happens outside the octagon, whether it's like uh, the the John Jones arrest video coming out or or Kobe Covington getting two pieced in a restaurant like that's not the stuff that you want to be able to drive conversation about the sport. But maybe Dana White likes it. I don't know. Yep. Maybe he does. But listen, too far, too far. The last thing up, Ralph at Ralph is getting ready to go to the dark side. He's getting ready to buy himself a pair of Crocs. He's trying to uh, uh, hide it under the guise of, oh, because they're very functional for what I hide it. (laughs) Like like you're like you're trying to use it as as an excuse. Like, no, they are very functional because we just just had a segment about not doing sneak attacks. (laughs) I feel like that's exactly what this is. Well, that is is that not what happened? Because you said that you wear fly knit shoes and you're outside and they get wet some sometimes. So you're like, I think I need a pair of Crocs. When in reality, you just really want a pair of Crocs. <laughs> so no, I'm new to uh, I'm new to do. 
right? Like dew is not a thing where I'm from in Arizona. The ground is not wet ever. That's wild. How do you not know dew? I don't know. This is brand new to me. And I mostly wear ultra boosts or fly knit type stuff, like shoes that feel like socks, right? And when I just walk my kids to the bus in the morning, if I brush up against the grass, my shoes are soaked. Yeah. And they're soaked for a whole day because the air is kind of wet out here anyway. Why don't you just change change shoes if that's the case? But that's just it. I got 10 pairs of wet shoes right now. They just like aren't It doesn't take off. that long for them to dry. It does when it rains every afternoon and I've been leaving them outside so they get oh, rained Oh, you don't? Off. Oh, God. It's been okay. a bad experience, right? So what I'm trying... So what I decided, I was like, well... I started wearing my slides and they smell like terrible now just because it's like it's and I was like, I need something that's not going to soak in water. And I was like, what won't soak in water? And then I thought about the fact that your wife is a huge fan of Crocs, which always kind of surprised me that the pink Himalayan sea salt people would also come down with us commoners and 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 wear Crocs because what I always thought of Crocs was was like uh, Walmart fashion. No, I always thought of it that bro, way. Bro, it it has become it, dude. All the kids wear Crocs. My my uh, daughter got bullied at school over Crocs, and now she has every pair of Crocs imaginable. So the, <laughs> and, and with the, not just Crocs, but like insignia and tchotchkes all over them to like show your personality. Gibbets, but okay. Okay, well, I don't know what they're called, but I know that Crocs can't show anything about your personality except for, like, sadness. And so you have to add little things to them. I don't know. I'm not as aggressively against Crocs as my wife, but I did sort of, like, inherit it. And I remember, like, I remember when they came out with dress Crocs and the the pastor of Mm -hmm. a church I used to go to would come out in those dress Crocs. And I'm like, is everybody just giving up on life? Dude, like this around the time the movie used. I have absolutely refused to wear Crocs. Everybody in my household has to have at least two pair of Crocs, minimum. No, 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 that's a lie. They have all of all the other six members of my house, including Roman, have at least three pairs of Crocs. Okay, so what I have zero. If it is truly indeed now come into fashion. Why are you hesitating to jump on board? And are we doing this together? Because I did not want to be the guy in Crocs, but okay. but they do serve functional purposes. And I am getting I norm so I've been wearing my thong sandal, my thong croc sandals. So I do have croc sandals, but they're like old school, you know, thong sandals. And now I'm sitting here like, yo, I'm going to. I think I'm going to get me some actual Crocs. I'm wondering if at this point, if Crocs got popular the same way that they started making Marvel movies where like the nerds got a hold of the means of production. <laughs> like, cause I remember, I remember getting teased for reading comics and now all of a sudden that's the only thing that can get put in a theater. And I feel like it's because cool the people like me. Yeah. 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 The people like me grew up and be like, we weren't cool then, but we're going to force it on everybody now. What happened to where? I, cause I, Croc, because I've never, I've never looked at a kid in Crocs and said like, "Oh, that's bad." But I, I, it was always like an adult thing. But no, now they're no, now Kanye's you, shoes look like Crocs. Yeah, you have. Um, oh God, what's the? Would you say it was like Balen- Balenciaga? Own Croc? No, the rapper who has his own Croc. Uh, 
the white dude with all the tattoos on his face too. Um, uh, it's um, oh, it circles. He sings circles. Post Malone. Yes, yes. Post Post Malone has his own Croc deal. And then okay, once, once celebrities started wearing Crocs, people were like, oh, okay, I guess I'll wear Crocs because they're pretty functional. You can get them wet like you like they are utility shoes. Issue. You can actually you can get them wet. They dry off very quickly. You can wear them with socks, not socks. Some of them have fur on the inside. They're comfortable. Like, nah, you. it's hard to hard to knock, not knock a Croc. So, Ralph. When you get your Crocs, we have to see which pair that you get because there is so it is going I to think speak we, to your personality. I think we should both. I think here's what I think. I'll give you my size. You give me your size. Let's buy each other our first pair of Crocs yes. and then unbox it on the show. Yes, dude, 100%. I'm picking them out today. And I'm going to send you Crocs and some gibbets. <laughs> I'm I I think okay okay okay. Here's the here's the rule though that okay. whatever Crocs the other person sends, they must be worn every day for an entire week. Okay, if and I want to I'm, retire them after that. That's that's fine. And I am dead ass serious. Like I'm dead ass serious that all my shoes are wet. And I need something to wear out in the okay. garden and just in the mornings because the, the humidity kind of burns off. But like I'm new to it and I'm just sick of having like wet cool. feet. OK, cool. All right. All right. You guys, this is Reister wrong today. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Evans. Peace out.